Now, tonight's programme is aimed to be an information piece to try, strive even to give listeners <laughs> some clarity around some of the issues people say they find most confusing or even just to give information to people who are engaging really with the ma- main issues at hand for the first time. So in the interests of providing clarity to listeners, we're going to ask contributors to confine their remarks to the issues being decided in the referendum. We'll give panellists arguing for and against the time to discuss the amendments, to lay out their arguments and we're operating obviously a no interruption rule because there'll be time for rebuttals. But first, uh, we're going to start with the basics. Uh, Jennifer Cavanagh, to you first, what will people see on the paper? So when you go in to vote, they'll, you'll get a white ballot paper, which is the 39th Amendment and that's the one on broadening the current provisions on just marriage being the one-stop uh, shop for your your type of relationships to broaden it to durable relationships and the green one is the 40th amendment and that's the one that is seeking to delete the provision on women working in the home to broaden it, broaden it to care. Okay and the part of the constitution that's being amended what is this part of the constitution for? Is it aspiration, prescription, description? Yeah so the easiest one to deal with is the one that is replacing the, the women's position in the home on not having to work outside the home for economic reasons. It's always been problematic. It wasn't popular when it was first mooted to go into the Constitution to begin with. And that's gone through both the Constitutional Convention and the Citizens' Assembly to gauge sentiment on what way this should change. So the representations that came from both those bodies were it needs to be more gender neutral, it also needs to broaden to look at care and that's the first one that's coming in. And then the second one then on the broadening of of the marriage provisions on putting in different relationship configurations which is more like what is out there in, in Irish society, that is is removing the, the primary position there and putting in other forms of relationships as endurable relationships. So there's arguments on both sides that is it just semantics, is it is it undermining certain groups of society? It is what has gone through these different reform bodies and that is what, I, what they have suggested that should be there. Okay, all right. Um, Orla, to you, the actual text of what people uh, are going to see, what's the specific wording uh, that people are going to see on the white and the green ballot papers when they go into that polling booth? Yes, so in the family amendment, what people will be asked for, um, there will be um, one vote on two proposed changes. So the first proposed change involves adding the extra text to Article 421 1.1 and deleting um, part of Article 421 3.1. So um, as was outlined there, the proposed new wording um, for the first um, article is that the state will recognise the family whether founded on marriage or other durable relationships. And the key phrase there is other durable relationships. And then there will be removing text from the second article so the new wording would be the state pledges itself to guard with special care the institution of marriage and to protect it protect it against attack so people will be voting yes or no on changing that wording okay um Lorraine Clifford Lee, we'll give you the first word on this part uh, we'll give Ronan Mullen the starting position uh, on another part of it but why is this amendment being argued for on the issue of um on the issue of the family well, look, uh, the Constitution is uh, a reflection of where we are as a society. It's a living, breathing document. It was always drafted to be redrafted as our society changes and to reflect our values as a society. And um, the, the definition of the family based on marriage does not reflect where we are as a society. Um, this is uh, to broaden that protection, to give constitutional protection to other families, which we colloquially would know as families. And I'm talking about people who are cohabiting together for a period of time, single parents and kinship carers, perhaps um, grandparents who are taking care of their grandchildren when the parents aren't present. And we all know that they're based on commitment, on love, on enduring uh, relationships and they deserve constitutional protection. It's outdated and it's insulting to those families not to be recognised by the Constitution. At the same time, it is 
still recognising marriage, and but it's broadening those protections. And these are people that we know. They're our friends, our colleagues, our our, our neighbours, uh, our brothers, our sisters, and they deserve constitutional protection like families based on marriage. And the issue of a durable relationship and the definition of a durable relationship, what is that in your mind? A durable relationship is a, a relationship based on love, commitment, uh, it's enduring, it's strength and stability and that's what an enduring and durable re- relationship is. Okay, Ronan Mullen, um, you oppose the amendment uh, on the family, why? Because I think it could introduce chaos. I think that it is extremely uncertain what the words durable relationship mean. The government hasn't been able to explain it. They contradict each other constantly. They make it up as they go along. Mary Butler said a few days ago on the radio that it meant a permanent relationship. That was novel. It's not the view of things that Roderick O'Gorman has. Roderick O'Gorman said there will be no differential treatment between a family uh, based on marriage and and other families as in durable relationships, which will now be constitutionally recognised families. And the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar said effectively the exact opposite in the Dáil uh, to Deputy Michael McNamara. So this is a government... I've just I spent some time this evening reading the 45 page document that the lawyers for no have produced um, in which they go through in in good but very readable detail and I'd recommend people to get a hand on it if they can if they vote it's very very readable but it lays bare the shocking carelessness and recklessness of the government in putting before the people uh, wordings in both cases the, the meaning of which we don't know and I think it's important that we say a word about the process here. It is true that for a long time there has been talk about whether the constitutional provisions should be updated in some way. But it is only in recent times that the government produced the actual wordings they're going to use and they closed down debate on it. They ensured there would be no pre-legislative scrutiny. They refused to uh, respond to the FOI request for the 16 different meetings and the 64 pages of interdepartmental minutes where they're talking about what these words might actually mean. Okay. So there's we'll, we'll, secrecy going on here that has to be questioned. Right, we'll, we'll come back to you, Lorraine Clifford Lee. Colm, the, the reality is, is last year, 43% of children born in Ireland were born uh, into families that were not based on marriage. That is nearly half of the children born in this country that don't uh, have constitutional protection in their family, which they know and, and cherish isn't considered a family. Over a million people in Ireland are living in what would be considered a durable relationship. And like I said, kinship carers or cohabiting couples or single parents and their children. There is no reason in the world why they shouldn't be given constitutional protection. And red herrings uh, that are being thrown about, uh, about chaos and people not understanding and we don't know what the future is and there's no definition. The constitution isn't the place to go into prescriptive detail and defining things. This is a broad-based general document and what we have and the, the article that we have is a general article and we're replacing it with another general article. Can I, can I ask you, if it, uh, and it has been asked before, would it have been helpful in your mind because you've laid out a number of examples as to what you believe a durable relationship was, would it have been helpful to have had draft legislation in place in order to show people at least what the intention was of making this amendment? We don't need that. Like This is um, like a reflection document based on what we as a society feel. If there are pieces of legislation down the line that need to be updated and definitions put into into different legislation, uh, that can be done. But the, if something is in the constitution, it doesn't necessarily trigger uh, legislation immediately um, to reflect anything. It's just a, a, a mission statement, really. All right, well, Ronan yeah. Mullen, just yeah. your your colleague in the Shannon, uh, who who also opposes these uh, referendums, um, Michael McDougall oh. opposes the the proposed uh, amendments required that or he suggested an amendment that said um, durable relationships as defined by law. Do you think you would have been in a position to support this referendum had that wording, that amendment been accepted? Yes, potentially yes and it would also have been possible to put in a wording that would have given a constitutional a specific constitutional respect to families other than those based on marriage but I have to take issue with what Lorraine is suggesting when she's saying that families not based on marriage don't have a constitutional protection. They certainly do have constitutionally backed protection. It's They're interesting. Not oh, no, I'll just no make the point. Just, yep. It is interesting that the government has been 
been unable to point to a single benefit or practical use which is for which it's essential to pass this referendum in order to secure rights for families outside okay, of marital that's, families. That's a specific That's a specific. That's an question. important point. Okay, that's a specific question. Uh, Lorraine Clifford Lee and then we'll go to the rest. But of the family. actual recognition of, of uh, that, that uh, what they would consider a family is not actually recognised in our foundation document. That's very, very significant. And I'd like to ask Ronan um, there and he says that he possibly would have supported the referendum. I'm not sure that I know of any constitutional referendum that Ronan has supported okay. over the years. I supported okay. the children's referendum. This okay. is the second time government spokespeople yeah. have sought to smear. You're not able to win on the argument. We said at the outset that indeed, yeah. there won't but be interruption and that we'll keep it to the issues at hand in this particular But I'd like referendum. to point out that okay. Thomas Byrne tried something similar with Brenda Power and he got a similar answer. Don't presume where people stand. What's clear is that uh, the only I people the only people that I see out for the yes vote are the state-funded political parties and state-funded NGOs. It's hard to find independent people out looking for this yes as a good in itself. Now, can I just say... The questions that the government can't answer, the uncertainties around durable relationship, poorer people struggle to get access to law and to justice and to kick the ball in the air, Gary Owen style, and say the courts will sort out what durable relationships means. For example, if a single parent is dating a partner, at what stage can that partner claim a durable relationship and more importantly, maybe rights then in the context of the children of the person, custody rights and so on. That's one of the many questions that the government can't and won't answer because they've left I want to bring in Jennifer Cavanagh. Jennifer Cavanagh, to, uh, to, to you on this, the, um, our, the the current understandings of what a durable relationship is uh, in other countries and, and whether or not that would have any bearing on what's meant in Irish law. So one of the issues with looking at, say, international precedents is the Irish constitution does actually stand on its own. So it is interpreted as, as its own document the odd time you will get stuff coming in from other countries, but it's only persuasive. It's only a nudge in a certain direction. So when people are saying that durable relationships would have to be tested by court, we're not talking about a full high court, Supreme Court, judicial review type situation. This is stuff that would be dealt with by the district court, the circuit court, when it comes to guardianship and custody. And the courts are doing this job anyway, and people do have access to free legal aid for family law. So it is something that has to be dealt with on a case-by-case basis, because there isn't a yellow pack or one-size-fits-all for what this will actually mean. And that's probably why it hasn't been defined, because once you define something, you are nailing it down as what it is. And we don't want to have a referendum three years down the road to redefine it because there's more cha- there's more challenges or people want further nuances in it. And a constitution is general. The constitution deals with so many different areas, the law of elections, how legislation's passed. It cannot get into the minutiae of of all these different areas because the constitution would be just so unwieldy. You might as well have a British-style unwritten constitution because you'd probably need a transit van to bring it around with you to a lecture. All right. Orla Ryan, to you just um, on this... The the uh, for for people who uh, Ronan Mullen mentioned, there are a number of organisations taking various stances on it. Roughly speaking, what organisations in civic civil society organisations are taking what stance uh, in in this referendum? Yeah, so the National Women's Council is one of the most prominent groups backing a yes-yes vote in the referendum. So the council, which has 190 member groups around Ireland, said the family amendment will ensure diversity of families in Ireland is finally recognised in the constitution. So that covers one-parent families, cohabiting couples, unmarried parents and families where other relatives have stepped in to raise children, such as a grandparent. Um, And the council says these type of families have been left in legal limbo and have experienced stigma for decades. The group says the constitution must cherish all children children equally, regardless of whether or not they are part of a family unit based on marriage. Um, Floor is another group. The National Advocacy Service for Unmarried Parents is also calling for a yes-yes vote in relation to the family amendment. The group says that extending the constitutional definition of the family 
is long overdue as unmarried parents and blended families are not currently recognised or protected. Thoreau says the purpose of the phrase durable relationships is to move away from a rigid definition of the family towards a more flexible approach that accounts for the fact that families come in all different shapes and sizes and one family as well, the National Organisation for One Parent Families is also backing this amendment. They say it will result in single parents, both mothers and fathers being recognised by the Constitution and they're also backing a yes vote in the care referendum and FLAC, the Free Legal and Advice Centres, supports the family amendment too, saying it will have positive policy and legal implications. The group says that in comparison to families based on marriage, diverse families are currently treated differently under the law, especially in areas such as social welfare and taxation, succession. Um, We saw an example of that back in January when John O'Mara, the man who took the Supreme Court case, um, he was denied the widower's pension in 2021 when his partner Michelle sadly died. They had been together for 20 years, had three children and when he applied for the widower's pension he didn't get it because they weren't married. The Supreme Court in January said that it was indeed a family unit and he should have been entitled to the pension. So Flack saying families like these will be covered if we you know, extend the definition of family and they will have greater rights in terms of social welfare and other benefits currently afforded to married couples. Um, and then just on the carer um, amendment as well, the yes votes again, it's the National Women's Council. Um, it's a feminist group, obviously, unsurprisingly, is, you know, saying they want to remove the, the sexist reference to, to women in the home, as it's as it's referred to. And they've conceded as well with the, the carer referendum, the amendment, that the wording is not perfect there, that it could go further, but they believe it's a step in the right direction in terms of, um, you know, getting greater rights for carers. Um, and it's the same with Family Carers Ireland. They're the largest representative body for carers in the country. Um, and they've said they're they're rowing in behind that as well, um, and that that will, will the care amendment will allow the or will you know prompt the government to do more to support carers. Um, just then on, on the no side, um, uh, free legal advice centres. So um, while they are backing a yes vote in the family amendment, they are saying in the care amendment that they cannot back it. They said it's deeply regrettable that voters don't have a choice to simply delete the so-called women in the home provision, which it says is ineffective, sexist, offensive. Um, but they said the wording of the new article 42B concerning family care will be as ineffective as the current provision um, and the group said the new wording is unlikely to provide carers or people with disabilities or older people with any enforceable rights um, Equality Not Care a new group is also calling for a no vote in the care referendum uh, the new campaign group includes disability campaigners and family members of people with disabilities um, the group believes that the amendment will not result in any concrete rights and uh, or you know actually change anything for a disabled people or carers. Um, lawyers for no, I know Ronan brought them up there, they're calling for a no-no vote. They just launched their campaign today. Um, just in terms of uh, the care amendment, they said that, you know, the reference to women's place in the home, it gives advantages and no disadvantages to women. And they said their proposed new wording, which um, state says will strive to support care, won't give any extra rights or protection to carers. And it says the family, uh, the wording does nothing um, in terms of supporting people with disabilities outside the family. Um, the Iona Institute is another group that's calling for a no-no vote. So it's against changing uh, the care part of the constitution, saying that the amendment would remove constitutional protection for mothers, that many of them would rather work in the home if they could afford to. Um, Maria Steen um, was saying Article 41.2 doesn't assign women a domestic role, but it recognises the significant role played by wives and mothers in the home. And she noted that many carers, or most carers are women, and despite decades of social conditioning, to the contrary, um, women remain more interested in the domestic sphere than men um, and also just on the, the no vote um, in the family uh, referendum again we have lawyers for no and uh, Ion Institute as well. Alright okay you can t- uh, take take a, a, take a, a drink of water and, uh, and a deep breath there. Uh, Ronan Mullen just going yeah. back to the, the, the family uh, amendment there yes. uh, do you believe that uh, the current description of the, the family based on marriage, that there will be people who will look at that and say their family is not reflected in the constitution. Should the constitution change at all to reflect the different and disparate family types that are in the country? Yes, I had, an, I had an amendment down myself that would have tried to kind of broaden it. And I think part of the, the tragedy of this is the government has come up with a very wrong answer to a reasonable question. And it's as though the government isn't able to keep two ideas in its mind at the same time. One is that marriage has a particular social value and it's entirely a good idea that it's linkable with family, while at the same time having a specific mention of non-marital families. And the idea that the government, this is why I 
complain about the process. The idea that the government closed down the debate on this in a really secretive way and rushed the debate through the Dáil and the Shannon, guillotining them. It left no time for any discussion of amendments or any teasing out. I mean, why would they decide not to have pre-legislative scrutiny? It could have been done, but the idea that you should spend £23 million, uh, on, of taxpayers' money on a standalone uh, referendum, the contract between the, go- between the legislature, the Oireachtas and the people is this. The people decide yes or no, but we owe it to the people to make sure that the question that's put to them has been properly teased out. As I've said, the, the, the strange approach to, of the government here when you think of the, 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 the impossibility of finding out what durable relationship means. I mean, to go back to what Jennifer said there a minute ago, she talks about, you know, it might be in the district court. In the case of disputes, cases go up. Let's say succession matter. Let's say uh, a, a person is about to inherit as they think from their deceased spouse and suddenly it emerges that there was a durable relationship going along all the time on the side and they are now a family, a fundamental unit group of society and there's a dispute in relation to succession. This is why, can I tell you, okay. if it's a property, as a long time side with the bar, but as far as I remember 15,000 euro was the limit of the district court's jurisdiction. Okay. If it's a question of a house being inherited, Sorry. it's not I, in the I, district court that that's going to end up. Okay, all right. you know? this, I'll come back to Jennifer Cavanaugh. Complete, Lorraine Clifford, complete red herring. Um, succession law is is governed by the Succession Act of 1965 and that's the, the long and the short of it and that sets out very clear um, lines of inheritance there and people can inherit uh, when there is a will and when there is without a will and when there is no will um, it's followed uh, along those lines and we're not proposing to change that and just back to the point about um, that Ronan made there that the government is removing uh, or proposing to remove the special place of marriage in the constitution and that's wrong because actually what's proposed here is the state pledges itself to guard with special care the institution of marriage and to protect it against attack and that's what's been proposed and I think there are a lot of red herrings being thrown out there uh, about inheritance rights and families on the side that's absolutely okay. not what's uh, been proposed here well, and Rona ju- ju- knows ju- that. Just let me, just let me go to, to, uh, to, to Jennifer Kavanaugh on this. Uh, Jennifer, in, in a number of debates uh, we, I've heard a, a number of people say nothing changes the day after the referendum that uh, all legislation that's on the statute books remains the same. If the constitutional underpinning in terms of definitions of family, in terms of putting durable relationships on the same uh, par as marriage, if that happens in the constitution, does that change the underpinning for the legislation that's on the statute books in areas like taxation uh, in areas like inheritance and, and other areas? Yeah, so what Lorraine there said about the Succession Act, that's completely correct because they talk about the legal right of the spouse. They're not talking about the legal right of the durable relationship. So when the when the when if people decide to vote yes on either one or both of these, first of all, there will be positions for any challenges that may take effect. So that could delay things as well. And then when it comes in, it will be there. It'll be part of the interpretation. And there can be sometimes unintended consequence of things that come around. People say, for example, with the Eighth Amendment, thought that that was very clear where it was. And then we had all the case law then that came after that. So there, there is always grounds for interpretation. There is always grounds for challenge. But when the Constitution is changed, if that's to come in, like there will be the protection against attack from with marriage, so that will still be there. So these things with with the Succession Act and the like just, just, won't just, be I, as clear. I, I, I have to just, take issue with no, that. I, I really I, I do. Just, I, well, I just, just I'll come back to you on this. Yeah. I ju- just explain that if if marriage is being put on the same basis or the, is effectively put on an equal status with uh, with a durable relationship, on what basis constitutionally uh, is one preferred over the other? So when you're looking at legislation that is specifically related to the married family unit, such as succession law, it does talk about the legal right of the spouse, say, to inherit a certain amount of the property, etc. That would have to be changed, I would personally think, if durable relationships are going to be something that is going to make a severe impact on it. But it would be a case that somebody if they feel very strongly that the Jorba relationships in the constitutional provisions, if it's to be changed, is creating an arguable case that they feel 
people can take this to judicial review to interpret it. All right, you disagree, Ronan Mullen? Well, Jennifer has to some degree redeemed the situation because it, it almost sounded as though she was endorsing um, Lorraine's apparent view that because you have legislation already that somehow the courts wouldn't have scrutiny over it. The whole point is that somebody coming from a durable relationship late in the day can now go to court or may, if this passes, which hopefully it won't, can go to court and say, sorry, the provisions of the Succession Act, which military against me on the basis that I'm not married, given that I have a constitu- come from a constitutional family of equal validity in the eyes of Roderick O'Gorman and now the Constitution, they would be saying that that law or that part of the law was repugnant to the Constitution. So it's no answer to anything to say we already have a law dealing with this area. It's kaleidoscopic okay. because it all changes right. in the light of future interpretations yeah, uh, potentially right. of the Constitution. Okay. We're going we're to we're have to take a break. We're back after this. The Late Debate with Colm O'Mungan on RTE Radio 1. Okay, what you heard before the break was the uh, discussion on the 39th Amendment. We're going to move on to the 40th Amendment, the so-called Care Amendment. Uh, Orla, what's going in, what's coming out? Yes, so um, just on the the Care Amendment then, so that is the 40th Amendment to the Constitution and that'll be on green ballot paper next week. So Article 4121 refers to a woman's role within the home and it currently notes that the state recognises that by her life within the home, woman gives to the state a support without which the common good cannot be achieved. And Article 41.2.2 adds that the state shall therefore endeavour to ensure that mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to the neglect of their duties in the home. So the proposed amendment, again, it's one vote for two proposed changes and it involves deleting both the articles I've just referenced and inserting a new Article 42b, which would state that the state recognises that the provision of care by members of a family to one another by reasons of the bonds that exist among them gives to society a support without which the common good cannot be achieved and shall strive to support such provision. So basically adding gender neutral um, terminology there rather than specifically referring to women within the home. Okay, and that's the green paper uh, for the purposes of voting in the referendum. Jennifer Kavner, to you, uh, the the text as is says uh, endeavour, the text that's proposed says strive. There's been some discussion around that. Is there is there much of a difference or any difference between endeavour and strive? There isn't really because it's not placing a positive obligation on the state to say fund services. And this is one of the issues that you have with rights that if it needs a government policy change, say for social welfare or any form of allowance, that there is, it's always very difficult, if not nigh and impossible, to to get that judicially reviewed because the courts do not want to be in a position where they're seen to be telling the legislator or the cabinet what they should be doing because at the end of the day, a judge is for life, not just electro- an electoral cycle, and the judges themselves are very much aware of that. Okay. Um, Ronan Mullen, to you first, because uh, Lorraine Clifford Lee went first uh, the, the, the last time. What's your argument against the proposed amendment? Well, it's interesting that Orla quoted, I think, the National Women's Council of Ireland as seeing the current wording as allegedly sexist. I would recommend, again, people to go to the lawyers for no, Senator McDool and others, making, bringing to our attention very clearly the words, for example, of former uh, Chief Justice Susan Denham, who says Article 41.2 does not assign women to a domestic role, recognises the significant role played by wives and mothers in the home. Here's one where we've had misinformation for the government, numerous people saying that the Constitution says you know that it says that a woman's place is in the home. The National Women's Council of Ireland were doing that as well. Justice Baker has called them out on that point uh, anyway which is good. It's clear from a number of court cases that far from taking anything away uh, from mothers, this particular clause gave it. Um, I could cite the Murphy case on tax law. It was was cited the L versus L case in relation to uh, matrimony and alimony and and of course we have the fact that there was to be a case coming up so just uh, just, just, so just, just you, you, yeah. you've cited two cases yeah. there the murphy case is is a case that was taken on the basis that a couple said they were being discriminated under under law because their marital status disadvantaged them for taxation yes. purposes the l versus l case was a woman with a very complex history uh, in a relationship with somebody she who she had married in west germany moved to ireland there was alleged abuse in the relationship she uh, eventually saw to separate and she uh, sought 
the court's decision on the basis that she would be given a share in the family home, not the agricultural lands, and also that there would be uh, alimony uh, yeah. ordered to be yeah. given to her as well. It went to just <laughs> she went to the high court. Yeah. Uh, she won out in the high court, yeah. uh, and then it went to the supreme court, and some of it was overturned. The point, yeah, the, the, the point yeah. regarding alimony was 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 awarded to her in the high court. The, the point and regarding the no, share of the family home was not. The point the okay, no, no, okay, all right. The point was held in the okay, supreme court. Okay, we're not we're not we're not going to interrupt. Sorry, I, I interrupt you there, Ronan Mullen, just for the just for the yeah. point of clarity. You, you were you, the, yeah. the, the point you were making. The point was I'm making the is that this clause has done. Uh, yeah, up, that yes. this clause has done a lot of good and could do more. There was a case due to come before the court where the courts were going to scrutinise the precise effect of it in the context of the carers' allowance for a child with very severe disability. But can I just say this: the sneakiness of what the government does here can't be let go. Under the guise of giving some kind of benefit to, to, to uh, carers, which is very thin and watery and has none of the language like the state shall provide, like you find in free primary education and so on in the constitution. Under the guise of that, they make it a condition of that, that we take out the only reference to mother in the constitution, the only reference to home. And at a time when many women and men are struggling to get some kind of work-life balance and respect for their duties in the home. Okay. Here again, what the government should have done is put in a reference to fathers as well as mothers, but not, you see, what's going on here is okay. there is an well, ideological right. allergy to mothers okay. and fathers and okay. gender okay. ideas like okay. that. There's the, the two minutes for, for you, Ronan Mullen, Lorraine Clifford Lee. Thank you. Two minutes much. for you. I'd like to refer, firstly, before uh, we start anything, those two cases referred to by Ronan, L versus L, uh, yes. that was before we had divorce in this country, and that regulates um, stuff like alimony and maintenance. So, that's that's that sorted. The Murphy case, actually, the primary article that that was based on was the previous one, the marriage uh, one, and prevent, uh, or I think it was the wording was there to, to pre- protect it from attack. And that's where that uh, decision was derived from. But what I'd like to say about the proposal, uh, sorry, what I'd like to say about the proposal there uh, on the care aspect is it's a declaration of value of care in the home, but it's broadening it to care provided by other family members. It's including um, mothers and fathers and other people within the family that give care. And the current article, as Jennifer Kavner rightly pointed out, was very controversial from the very start and it was never satisfactory. And women uh, across the country have had a problem with it and across generations. It is sexist, it is offensive and it is outdated. And the, the the effect that it has had and, and I think it's worth reflecting on the article itself and the language that it's used um, and it refers to um, mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to the neglect of their duties in the home and the practical impact of that is there have been generations of women uh, in this country that have been heaped with um, pressure and shame for for going outside the home to work because uh, the constitution which is our values based document has said that perhaps there's a risk that they might neglect their duties in the home and that kind of word neglect is a very negative and impactful word but what we need to to, to right. recognise okay. well, that well, men just, and okay. fathers are very important okay. in the well, home as well and they on. provide okay. care. All right. Well, on, well, well we'll agree on that much but that, that there could certainly have been a reference to fathers is what I would have liked mothers and fathers and reference to parents but as I've said and the lawyers for, for, for no make this point as well there's an ideology thing going on here that uh, Roderick Gorman and elements within the Green Party and facilitated then by the bigger parties don't like talk about men and women these days. They don't like talk about mothers and fathers. They don't like talk about parenting in the home. But they're not discussing that. But what they are doing is attacking um, a clause in the Constitution that actually, contrary to what Lorraine says, is actually cherished by many women and mothers because they see it as giving some kind of respect you know, the ones, the people, and there are thousands and thousands of them out there, really resent the fact that they are on the treadmill of the market these days and can find a proper work-life balance. And it's interesting also that Chief Justice Murray in another case said that the clause even could be seen as giving implicit recognition to men and fathers' duties in the home. But why couldn't we have had a wording that acknowledged fathers and mothers and what they do in the home? Okay, would you accept, Ronan Mullen, though, that the antipathy towards this particular provision in the Constitution 
constitution has been opposed going right back as far as the 1930s. Hannah Sheehy, Skeffington, uh, members of Common Man, a number of other another, other groups throughout the decades have objected to the wording in this. I, I have heard campaigners quote the same few people. I think there needs to be a study going back to say what was the general view but more importantly what is the general view now? Like people like Ms Justice, the Chief Justice Susan Denham were speak in glowing terms of what this clause did in terms of at least respecting a role that women had and wanted in the home where it's their choice and, and desire the, and, and need. But and the, that hasn't gone away. And, and the, the proposal and, 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 of the okay, marketplace. Right. The, so this the, government the, no. isn't bad at addressing and, and Lorraine, the, the, what, the what, 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 what uh, Ms Justice Susan Denham said was that it, there wasn't uh, an obligation being placed on women or a, or a disadvantaging of women to require them to remain in the home in the constitution. Would you accept that? Of course there wasn't an obligation to stay there but when you have language like that and like I read out um, her life within the home and neglect of their duties in the home it places a certain um, colour on what uh, what way women were viewed in this country for a long time and it has disadvantaged women and I think No evidence Can I just say just attitudes um, that care in the home is women's duties and that attitude has disadvantaged uh, women down through the ages because quite often there was an attitude that all duties within the home were were, uh, women's work and even when women were outside the home working and I think a lot of the the work-life balance that Ronan refers to is sometimes because uh, there isn't a broad recognition that duties in the home are for everybody no matter what your gender. And I would ask Lorraine why couldn't this government have given us a reference to fathers and mothers instead of attacking the only reference to mothers that we have in the Constitution well, and, and taking it out. And also, why link it with your watery wording on care that has satisfied nobody, not Senator Tom Clonan, an eloquent defender of the rights of persons with, with disabilities. It's it's the ideological, it's a trick of the loop, like you'd have no. at an old fair. That we, we've, we have a pig in the poke with, with the family referendum wording and we have this, basically, the a watery meaningless that gives no enforceable rights clause on care and you can only even get that much in at the price of getting rid of mothers I would say like right. what's what's the the agenda behind that okay I think Ronan is very wrong when he says that it hasn't satisfied uh, anybody is some people of course are against it but a lot of people are in favor of it and as Jennifer rightly pointed out as well that very few uh, in fact I'm only aware of one obligation within the constitution that requires the state to spend money and that's the right to primary school education and I don't think it would be a a very good thing to start putting uh, financial obligations on governments within the constitution but it's not a watery uh, um, proposal as Ronan has said there Um, the changing of the words from um, endeavour to strive, strive is to try very hard as outlined by Miss Justice Mary Baker and she said that in future it could mean that the state would have to justify why it isn't uh, making provision for carers and I think that is a very important change that's happening uh, within this and I, I really can't see why anybody would have a problem with it being broadened out to, to men in the home other than people who are trying to start culture wars in this country and there's no place for for uh, the likes of that and trying to divide people on is uh, on what is a very progressive and positive statement. All right. Um, Jennifer Kavanagh, to, to you on this, has there been a reluctance since the 1937 constitution was drafted uh, to make provisions in the constitution that would give economic rights to people or to make things justiciable so that people could, in effect, secure funding for particular sectors of society? So we've had a number of cases under the separation of powers, such as the Sinna case, uh, which was to do with provision for education for an intellectually disabled adult who had the educational attainment age of a child. There was nothing that the that the Supreme Court could do because they would be transgressing the boundary. There was another one on juvenile justice. And it is very hard. The only time that they would transgress is where there's what's known as a clear disregard of rights. And that's what came up in the Kearns case with regard to the way Angela Kearns was treated by an Oireachtas committee and the fact that she didn't have due process rights. So when it comes to, say, legal activation of what is there at the moment, 
So there has been the Family Home Protection Act, which was giving the non-owning spouse a veto over the sale or dealing with the asset, not a straight off ownership right. But there is also the homemaker's credit under social welfare legislation. Again, it's another one where you can't draw a direct line between this article and the provision of this particular um, social welfare allowance. But it does allow for men and women who are looking after children at home to get a, a more preferential social security treatment. So there, there is stuff there that is actually broader than just the women that are mentioned in the constitution that is looking at more the realities of the situation. So one argument that could be made is with changing it that it is actually reflecting what's there in social welfare legislation as it stands now. All right. Um, Ronan Mullen, the... the, the uh I suppose the, what, what's being proposed in terms of carers, which uh, you describe as as watery, mm. the, the the practical benefit of the existing um, provision in the constitution that women, by economic necessity, would not be required to work a, outside the home. Mm. Yeah. It could be said that there was little economic benefit to women in terms of direct payments uh, to allow them to remain w- within the home. Could the same be said for for the um, for the application? Of, of of any provision in the constitution you know if, if carers are put in why why would it be any different to the existing provision whether that was fathers mothers carers a more general provision yeah, well the first part of the answer to that question is we need to reiterate that there were and have been benefits and the lawyers for no document is very clear on it the Murphy case L versus L these are cases cases where article 41.2 and the reference to supporting mothers in the home was directly cited in support of things that were beneficial to sure, no, I, I mean in terms yeah. of the direct direct social welfare yeah, payments. No, I, I, yeah, but just, just let nobody think that that clause was a dead letter over the years. It's very clear in successive cases and it's all in the document for those to read it, no matter what the government might try and fudge it, that this has, there have been benefits that flowed for this. Okay, and, there con- could, and there could have been more because we remember we had this BM and JM case pending and the government has basically made that a moot now because if their referendum passes, that falls, the courts won't be able to scrutinise whether that there could be possible benefits in that clause, and that's another reason okay, the government's right. acting irresponsibly. But, but, but you, you, the, the the second part of your question. I go to that clause on education. The state shall provide for free primary education. That's how you give people rewrites, real rights. The the phrase strive to support is very different, by the way, Colm, from the recommendations of the Citizens Assembly and the Joint Directors Committee. What they propose is that there should be an obligation on the state to take reasonable measures. So if we could see the hidden documents, the documents that the government right, won't okay. reveal about what was discussed at the Interdepartmental Committee, perhaps we, they, we, we would discover that they changed those words because they didn't want to give any practical rights to carers. Okay, Lorraine Cliverly, the the uh, discrete the come uh, from people who uh, oppose the change coming from the carers' perspective, the likes of your Senate colleague Senator Tom Clonan, he feels number one the obligation has been put back on the family, and number two there's no practical benefit being offered uh, to people who who are in a caring position at the moment. What's your argument to that? Yep, yeah, and I, I I've heard Tom make those arguments. This. Um, proposal in relation to care it refers to just the normal care that parents give their children and then the care like Tom uh, has given his son down through the years and there are thousands hundreds of thousands of carers within families and they have right to a carer's allowance Um He's right in saying that that uh, a lot of care is provided within the home and that there should be sort of more kind of rights to autonomous care outside of the home. But the practical um, reality of it, a lot of care is provided within the home. That doesn't stop any government going above and beyond it. But like I said, this is a... a um, a, a value statement of where we are as a country. And just in relation to the uh, practical uh, benefits of that article, Ronan keeps citing uh, cases that uh, 
have been outdated because of superseding oh, legislation. They show how the but, law uh, works. Hang on if I could finish my point, Ronan. Uh, if we even look to the, the Constitution was drafted in 1937. It took to 1965 to the Succession Act for any women uh, who were within the home, working within the home to have a right to their family home. Uh, it could, up until that point, it could be given away to anybody. Quite often women were left homeless because their husbands gave their house as a way to other people. Uh, women could have their houses sold from beneath them. It could have been drank away, gambled away. A lot of very hard situations. And that article did nothing to protect those women. And it's within uh, within the Oireachtas that we protect okay. people uh, through real legislation and real action. Okay. And that's where we will continue yeah. to do R- it. Ronan yeah. Mullen, if, uh, if, if uh, the women, uh, the, the women's... Uh, provision currently in the constitution at the moment, their their duties in the home, etc., did uh, derive practical be- benefits for them, as you're arguing. Why dismiss the proposed amendment as watery if down the line there are potential benefits that could be argued for in the same way as, as case law got benefits for women, by your analysis? Well, take don't take my word for it. Do people really want to vote for a clause that Dr Tom Clone and my colleague, Shannon Colleague, and an expert in disability and with skin in the game himself, describes as a slap in the face for disabled citizens and the huge community and network of care I can't put it any better than that. You're sure, suggesting that, to me... You're suggesting to me that the government's no, what, what weak I, word of strive might somehow be equivalent even to the clause that's there uh, where the government, the commitment to ensuring that mothers are not uh, required by economic necessity to work outside the home. It isn't even that strong. So there's very little on offer from the carers' wording, but what the, it's the harm that's been done by getting rid of the only bit of respect given to mothers in Bunrock the Heron, when what they could have done is added in the respect that's due to fathers and their parental, parental okay. rights and duties. Lorraine Clifford Lee. I just don't understand why Ronan is trying to start some kind of culture war based on the word mother. What we're replacing with is, you know, and I I go back to the the Irish version of it, actually, um, what's been used in the Irish text, which, of course, is the, the superior text when it comes to constitutional interpretation, is dinner. It's just an, a neutral person, a neutral word to describe a person, dinner. Uh, so that's that. Um, OK, all right. In, in relation yeah. to the point he made in relation to carers like okay. Tom Clonan, the, what, what, what is there isn't going to give them anything okay. anyway. All right, we have to take a break. We're back after that. The Late Debate with Colm O'Mungan on RTE Radio 1. Email latedebate at rte.ie. Now, you're welcome back. We uh, still have with us Independent Senator Ronan Mullen, Fianna Fáil Senator Lorraine Clifford-Lee, Orrin Ryan, journalist with the uh, Journal and Jennifer Kavna, lecturer in law at Southeast Technological University. Um, to Jennifer Kavna, to you, um, in terms of the uh, issue of, of marriage in, in the family uh, referendum, where else is marriage mentioned outside of the family in the Constitution? It's it's uh, generally just in the family education provisions of the constitution. That's where it would be because the other areas of the constitution would be, say, nation, state, organs of government and how to amend the constitution. So you wouldn't be necessarily looking to see the word marriage in those sections, but it would be in the area to deal with education and family. Okay, in terms of the uh, the care side of, of the referendum, I mean, we've had a, a fairly robust debate there about uh, the practical effect uh, of of the, uh, the 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 current provision and what the effect might be of care further down the line. Are we are we in essence uh, in a zone where that is yet to be decided? What the outworkings of any amendment would would be would be decided uh, in courts? You mentioned the Senate case yourself. It's, it, are they the kind of cases that decide ultimately what this will mean? So, what care would mean would be set down in, which sounds unusual, the education section because. The, the family is looked on as the natural primary educator of the child and that's not just, say, schooling education, that's also welfare, to- things as simple as toilet training, things like that with kids and where there's failings in care, that's when the state can step in to look after children through, say, foster care. So there would be very clear definitions of care through that case law. Okay, all right. Um, Orla Ryan, the issue of 
I suppose the conduct of 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 the referendum, uh, who'll turn out, and turnout in particular. I suppose that the the quantum of the turnout is going to be key in this. Do we have any indication at this stage how that's likely to influence voting? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, even kind of anecdotally, the last few days, I've kind of heard a lot of people say they, they might not bother voting. Um, so it will be interesting to see um, how that could impact things, I suppose. Um, there hasn't been as much interest, let's say, as there was in the Eighth Amendment referendum or the marriage equality referendum. And they were referendums that, you know, we had very clear pieces of legislation. We knew exactly what would be brought in um, if either of those were passed. Um, whereas with this one, there's, there is a lot of confusion over the language and over wording. And, you know, it will be interesting to see if that does impact um, voter turnout on the day, if they just say, I won't bother, or will they just look to certain groups and say, well, you know, X group is saying yes or saying no, so I'll put my faith in them and go after it. But there is a lot of confusion over that, so some people might just not bother showing up on the day. All right. There are, there are fewer posters, there are fewer leaflets uh, for yes and no. There seems to be a much smaller ground war. Is there a sense that at least the political players in this debate may be keeping their uh, powder dry for votes later in the year? Perhaps. Obviously, we've got the European elections and the local elections. We've got another referendum on patents in June as well. And obviously, we have a general election as well at some point this year and next year. So it kind of feels a bit more half-hearted, this campaign on both sides, compared to the previous referendums we had a few years ago go like on the 8th referendum, um, on the 8th amendment and on marriage equality where there were massive campaigns on both sides. This is definitely more muted and there's kind of been a more lukewarm reaction on both sides where you know, they're not putting all of their firepower into it. As you say, they may be saving that up for, for June and for the general election whenever that happens. Okay, alright. Well, we're going to give our two uh, for and against speakers here in studio tonight a final minute uh, to, to give their pitch. We'll time your minute, so keep talking until I put the hand up. No interruptions, please. Uh, and uh, that's how we're going to conclude our programme this evening. So, Lorraine Cliffordly, you went first the first time, then we had Ronan Mullen. You go first again with your uh, your pitch for the Yes, Yes side. Well, I would encourage people to go out and cast your vote on the 8th of March. Uh, this is a positive statement. It's a positive uh, development where we want to see um, our, the reality of a modern Ireland reflected in our constitution, recognising care, recognising families um, and recognising the diverse nature of society. It's a positive step forward. Nobody is losing anything from this. People are gaining. It's bringing more people. It's more inclusive and it's a really good, uh, a positive statement um, for families and for people caring within the home with with their children caring for each other and it's really a, a, a positive step forward for the country. Okay, Ronan Mullen. Well, I would ask people not to reward the government for bringing forward this secretive, half-baked proposal, not properly scrutinised, at tremendous cost to the taxpayer when they could have tweaked the wording in a way that was acceptable and run it on the same day as the local or European elections. Uh, Ivana Batchik and I haven't agreed on much over the years, but when she said that the durable relationships phrase doesn't have the precise and established legal meaning which I think we need, she was correct. And as for culture wars, it isn't my but the government that seems to have them and again quoting the lawyers for no we are of the opinion that there appears to be a current unstated ideological agenda to eliminate reference to the male and female gender in legislation so perhaps that's the reason uh, that that, um, this has all been rushed uh, without scrutiny but not really wanting to have a debate about that at the same time so I would encourage people very strongly not to vote for a pig in a poke wording to reject the arrogance that the government has shown on this occasion and let us go back and scrutinise this properly. Okay, before we go, I just want to ask Jennifer Cabin very briefly, um, are your students, your law students engaged in this? Of all people, what's the, what's the, what are the future lawyers of the country making of this? Oh, they're delighted because in semester two, we look at constitutional amendment, we look at the family and education rights. So they are delighted that they actually have something that they can work on that is actually related to what they're doing in class. Anything that gets them interested in doing their homeworks as you, I'm sure, is, is a good day in lecturing. 